And the reality is, and I'm a big history buff, I love history, but when you look through it and you look back at it, art and music have been since the beginning of time. Right. It has lifted people through far worse yeah. than what we are experiencing now. And that's not to downplay what we are experiencing, but it's just that far worse, you know yeah. what I mean? In, in historical times and music was there then and it's yeah. here now. Hello, Rocketeers. Welcome to the weekly podcast for people craving richer relationships, fulfilling community, healthier masculinity, and permission to create. Hey, are you missing live music and the sense of community you feel when you're out on the town? You know, even Kelly and I, we don't go out that often. We're not committed music scene folks, but we've definitely been craving the connection to that creative energy from our favorite musicians and artists. And we're so pleased this week we've got the certified biggest voice in town, plus our favorite guitar genius in the house, literally in our house. Don't worry. We stayed in our own corners. We kept it safe. But we have with us this week Grammy-nominated singer Candace Devine and local rock god Drew Hall for a no-holds-barred talk about creativity, reinvention, and community, as well as playing some music to lift your spirits. We used several of the fan-submitted questions. Thank you all for submitting uh, so that we could pry into their life and history and thoughts and get to know our passionate creative guests better. Candace has been a professional singer since her early 20s, working with Christina Aguilera, Styx, The Four Tops, and many, many others in the recording studio and out on the road touring. In this episode, we find out that she is both a champion equestrian coach and a cat enchantress. Also, she swears like a sailor, so proceed at your own risk. Hashtag totally worth it. Drew is a former banker who defied the nine to five life in his earliest opportunity, going on to be in every kind of band, teach guitar to young and old musicians alike, and he curates exceptional music shows here in Prescott. In pre-COVID times, Drew could be spotted playing with the Cheektones, Sumatosius, this trio with Slim Gamble of Lady Antebellum, the Drew and Anton duo, and many, many more. And he's been a just a great buddy and collaborative partner on things like Play at Ford Music Festival. Just a, a, a generous, generous man. We love him. So tune in every Friday evening just before 6 on Facebook to enjoy Candace's showcase of amazing local talent. Raven Productions live streams music from the Raven Cafe to your couch. Feel free to dance and support local musicians. Is that saying dance like nobody's watching? Yeah, it's the perfect time. You're watching the live stream, but nobody's watching you. Nobody's watching you. You can just let it rip. Absolutely. This podcast episode hits a lot of the superlative buttons, the longest episode, the loudest, the biggest recording challenge, the most cat input. Uh, Bill the cat was just enthralled by Candace and started howling along with her when she was singing her big, her, her, yeah, her moment, her big moments. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Definitely the most social media engagement and definitely the most musical. Candace and Drew played two songs for us live. And we also play you the recording of Don't Worry Child slash Rosalind, their newest collaboration and entry into the NPR Tiny Desk concert. I hope they win. Yes. Uh, Don't Worry Child is ostensibly about Drew's daughter, but in our view, it's really for and about all of us living through these stressful times. Because we need comfort, and this song has a lot of comfort and a lot of hope. 
Absolutely. And you know what? We hope that this podcast offers you a lot of comfort and a lot of hope. You know, we're obsessed with you, our audience, and what you're going through, what you're experiencing, and what might make your lives easier, better, more fun. And that's why we do this. Yeah. Yeah. We're here for you. All right. The tape is rolling. Check. Caffeine at optimal levels. Yeah, man. You can just kind of tell it from our voices. Yeah. Can't you? Yeah. Uh, The cats are secured. Um, Not really. Apparently they have joined the show. They are now. They are now part of the podcast team. Microphones are hot. Yeah. We are. Go Go for for launch. should be yeah <laughs> i probably shower as much as a hippie we're yeah. all gonna we're all we're all Hola. gonna be hippies by the end of this <laughs> yeah like long hair planting gonna, garden totally, totally. Right, telling each other how much we love each other you know, i hope like, that is the outcome of the yeah. yes <laughs> exactly we are here today with candace divine the fabulous ms divine and drew hall our amazing local rock star who we love we've got our local diva and our local rock god here yep. in, our in our living room in our house yeah. we're very excited we are very excited and you know drew and i we've been talking about doing this podcast doing having you on this podcast yeah. for since the beginning year or something yeah since the yeah beginning. when you guys started we yep. talked about it yeah yep and uh, and we would be, would, you and I have been Drew and I have been talking about getting Candace on here, and it's just I'm one happy of, to be here. Yeah, thank so. you. It's <laughs> you know it's uh, it felt it felt for a while there we were really just focusing on how are we emotionally, medically, intellectually dealing with COVID, dealing yeah. with the pandemic, and it's for a little while it just didn't make sense. And also, well, you know, ah. Here's what happened. We moved the podcast studio out of the tiny room right. into the bigger room. It made it possible. And now all of a sudden it makes sense. And this yep. is our first one, really. In the new setup? In the yep. new setup. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, this is so just to ex- Skype. Yeah, just to explain yeah. the... We are very socially distanced. This we is are. lovely. This is true. Yeah. So do you want to describe the safe setup, Kelly, just in case yeah, any of our audience got, are concerned? We've, we're in the biggest room in the house, and we are... At Each least, kind of, yeah, we're kind of all YouTube. on a side in a corner. Yeah, we're yep. kind of like a, <laughs> a, a square, a really yep. wonky square. Yep. Bill the cat is on the coffee table. I love me some Bill the cat. We're right. friends. Yeah, he's totally hanging with Candace yeah. over there. You can be as close to me as you want, Bill. Yeah. <laughs> he knows who to suck up to. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know. I'm really glad to be able to do this. I'm really glad that we have the the gear to do it. Um, I'm feeling a little nervous. I'm like sound engineer getting live music and recorded music and spoken word and cat sounds. Well. Sound. Bill's going to sing with me today, so yeah. it's going to be all the sounds. Yeah. yeah. But this is, I mean, this is what we're about. I mean, this whole podcast experience for Kelly and I is about learning new things. And we were, we were joking and talking about like, how can people be bored during the pandemic? Yeah. So even before COVID, you were starting something new in town. You you started Raven Productions. Yeah. I am a huge believer that our city is has the makings of being known for a music city. That's my personal philosophy. I 
moved here from a big city with lots of music, and I have traveled all over the country and world doing music. And when I landed here, I was genuinely blown away by the amount of talent, the amount of enthusiasm, the amount of following for the live music scene. And I was like, how come I've been all over this country doing music? And I personally, it was never thought like, oh, let's make a stop through Prescott. What is even more fascinating to me is we sit basically an hour to an hour and a half between two major thoroughfare freeways, the 10 and the 40, which for any national touring act is what you take to get to the next place. (laughs) And I'm like, why is nobody coming here? And so I kind of went on this, uh, you know, pioneering mission of it will be over my dead body that people don't stop and play music here. (laughs) Um, And and I have been one of those, you know, not I I am one of those stinky Californians that came here, although it'd be 10 years ago. But um, my folks moved here like 12 years ago. So my husband and I started coming often to visit them and to spend holidays and the minute we decided to brew a human, we were like, we're not raising a child in Los Angeles because that's just uh, stinky cheese. And yeah. I mean, I have respect and love for my my upbringing in my hometown, but it's changed a lot yeah. in my short lifetime. Yeah. And picture, you always want to give your child what you had or better, right? Mm-hmm. That's everybody's goal. So we fell in love with Prescott after my parents had moved out here. And um, and it just seemed like the obvious place to, to come and, and become parents and start a new life and all of these things. And I was just so blown away by the amount of talent here. And I just was shocked that I didn't know of it myself. You know, as somebody who went from place to place singing music, I was like, how do I, it's one thing for Joe Average, whoever, who doesn't, but I live this life. How did I not know? Right about the brilliance here. And so why isn't it, why isn't it Asheville? Yeah. And and I empathize with the people that are like, shut the door. Don't let any more Californians in. This is our best kept secret. I get it. I totally get it. But I can't help but feel like if we made this city known as a music city, people would come enjoy it and go home. Just like Mm -hmm. they do in Austin, just like they do in Seattle, just like they do in Philadelphia, just like they do in Atlanta, just like they do in New York City, just like, I mean, the list goes on and on. And we would have a little bit of their wallet. Well, that's what I'm saying is that it's like, let people come and patron the city and feed into it and allow it to be as great as it possibly can be without changing it. Right. And then we wouldn't have to drive to Phoenix to go to shows. Right. And and if anything, Phoenix would come to us for shows, you know, and Flagstaff would come to us for shows and Sedona would come to us for shows and people in Nevada that want to get out of the heat would come to us for shows and our summer is gorgeous Mm -hmm. and like why aren't we capitalizing on what is already here and then let it turn around and go back to its corners of which it came (laughs) right you know (laughs) so I'm a big advocate for that I'm also a big advocate for children growing up with music and art in their life I am all for the sciences and the arts we're talking about science Mm -hmm. um and math and literature and language it's all important but what is literature without something to write about what is math if you don't have an outlet to de-stress and music is very mathematical and there are so there's just so many positives to music and art and i do have a little boy and selfishly i'm like i want this town to be exactly what it is but i also want him to get to middle school or junior high and feel as though he can be enriched by music and enriched by art. And we do these beautiful things in the square with artists and we have our, our concerts in the square. And I'm just like, to me, you can't have enough music in life. You just can't, it should be coming out of every building and window 
ever. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> like, and to and to definitely. you know to bring it back to the to the pandemic thing, it's like one of the, the one of my favorite tweets from the last. I'm on Twitter. I don't know. Yeah, um, <laughs> it uh, happens. Was to the best of us. <laughs> was to was to say, let's remember after this where we turn. Yeah, mm. let's remember who we turn to. Yeah, in this time of trouble, and it's the musicians and the artists and the authors who are yeah. helping us make sense, who are and helping get us through it. Yeah. yeah, and the reality is, and I'm a big history buff. I love history, but when you look through it and you look back at it, art and music have been since the beginning of time. Right. It has lifted people through far worse yeah. than what we are experiencing now. And that's not to downplay what we are experiencing, but it's just that far worse, you know yeah. what I mean? In, in historical times and music was there then and it's yeah. here now. Build, so anyway, that's my pedestal and my soapbox, but that was the catalyst of Raven productions. I yeah. have a big old loud mouth and I was being loud in enough places that somebody finally went, I agree with you. And I was yeah. like, oh, wonderful. Let's do this. Yeah. Um, and it happened to be the folks over at the Raven Cafe yep. who also are big believers in live music, obviously, because yep. the Raven, you know, hosts live music. And they just kind of, um, I think, saw how genuinely I, I want the musicians elevated here. I want our children being a, you know, given those opportunities to play music places. I want our retirees here to have music in their life. I want, you know, I'm, I'm coming from a place of genuine interest for the well-being of humanity in our Absolutely. city. So let's go so, back to, I'm curious about the pivot that you had to make, because you have all of this passion for local music. Yes. Tremendous passion, like burning. Yeah. And then it's this a fire. fucking virus. We can yeah. swear on this Oh, we podcast. can? Oh, yeah, yeah swear, oh, swear Oh, God, away. you just unleashed in a can of worms. I have a mouth of a sailor, but I will try to rein yeah. in to make my child so this, proud. This, I don't this, know, somebody. Right, right. This fucking pandemic. Fucking virus. This yeah. fucking virus that, that shut down all of the venues. Yeah. And what did you, describe what, what you, what you. Literally day yeah. one. Minute one, when we heard, okay, venues have to shut down, I called the folks at the Raven and I called Dylan, who's over at Raven Sound Studio, and I was like, listen, <laughs> get on board or don't. I don't really care. I'm moving forward with streaming, even if it sounds like shit. I was like, I refuse to allow music to get thrown by the wayside in this town, yeah. specifically, let alone everywhere, but in this town where I have watched people be so committed and so affected and so loyal to our musicians that I'm like, there's not a snowflake's chance in hell that we're just all gonna roll over and wait for this to be over, over my fucking dead body. Yeah. And fortunately, the good thing about Raven Productions and, and the group of folks that I'm working with is that they all went, cool, Yeah. let's do it. Yeah. So I think that was on a Monday or a Sunday or something yeah, like that, and I text a bunch of people and I was like, <clears throat> this is happening. And they were like, thank God I'm on board. And there were like eight of us the first time. And we put out yeah. eight laptops and eight phones and eight. And we yep. were not organized at all. But it was just like, we got to get it off the ground. Yeah, it was a little yeah. rough. That it was first totally one. rough. But, but but we watched it and we loved it. You know, we had fun hanging there. out with you. Yeah. And the the great part is it's gotten better every time well, and, that has and become the, the goal. it's yeah. super polished now and like you guys and have more room to go but that's yeah. and the goal it's like okay all we needed was the catalyst to get it going yeah. now let's shape it okay if we can shape it how do we now improve it okay what's the most important thing to music the sound of it okay so let's yep. up the sound quality and run it through pro everything 
Okay, yep. we can do that. Now we've got bare stark walls because everything's shut down and we don't have art on the walls. Okay, how yeah. do we improve that? Oh, I don't know. I'll spend a hundred bucks on lights and curtains. Yeah. Okay. Uh, can we do that better? Okay, let's block out the weird sunlight at the weird hours of the day. Okay, yeah. every week yep. it's like, how do we improve? And you just, just gratitude for the fact that you jumped in and didn't wait for it to be perfect. Because we needed you. Well, yeah. You. We needed you. Well, and I think you. people yeah. forgive flaws because I think it's more important to feel the feeling than it is to have the exact. And I think that everybody hit the same place at the same time. Yeah. You know, yeah. obviously we all got this news as a blanket statement. Yeah. Um, I tell people all the time, our town has been very fortunate. It's yep. a different experience than my friends in New York or L.A. or yep. Seattle. But I do know that our community loves music. And I think when everybody got that news, it was like, you mean I can't go to the Birdcage? You mean I can't go to the Raven? You mean I can't go to Whiskey Road? You mean I can't hear music in the park? Yeah. And I think that everybody, like you said, was super tolerant about like, okay, it's not perfect, but it's something. Yeah. And the heart is there and yeah. the attention is there. Yeah, but it was real. And it's yeah. real. And we can, That's we can the hear thing. it and, yeah. and believe it and know that it's coming from the right place. And we know that as it's improving every week, they're everyone's giving us their best that they can. Yeah. And I yeah. think that's really sexy. I mean, I think yeah. you know, as Definitely. far as like yeah. that's keeping community alive. Yep. Yeah. And all the people who are leaving comments and stuff, they're just like over the moon. Yeah. To be to because we all love going to the Raven. We love hanging out and, and to circle back to the point of you wanting to have this vibrant art scene in our community for the kids mm -hmm. to grow up with that the raven is a family-friendly place totally. i mean like yeah. it's not like the bars where the kids can't go right and that was one thing that bonded me with the the owners and and the people who run the raven is that you know part of my passion is about the next generation for a number of reasons that are obvious but i i think that they really um understood my sincerity with that and so we we we're very united in the fact that everything we do this at this exact crossroad, it's a little bit different because, and I will, I want to applaud our city and our town and the surrounding areas in the quad cities. People have been so generous with tipping yeah. to oh, keep good. our musicians paid, even if it's $5 or a dollar mm -hmm. or $10. Um, people have been very ten, generous. 10 bucks is cheap for a night at the Raven. Well, but I mean, <laughs> anywhere, 10 bucks is cheap, but, but people we have been we so... We didn't have to buy a beer. We yeah, didn't... <laughs> they're like, I'm cracking my beer at home, and I'm sitting on my couch in my jammies without underwear oh, on, yeah. and I, yeah. you know, I'll give you 10 bucks for that. Totally. You know? And totally. sadly, like, I have an attention span, an hour's perfect. perfect. But anyway, I'm so proud of our town. They've been so generous and so supportive, but what I was going to say is typically the events that we have booked, that are, we are looking at booking, um, we are committed to putting a large percent of those proceeds to the PUSD to go right back into our arts and music program, which is very important to me. So we've already started on refurbishing the Hendrix theater at the mile high middle school. Yay, we've already kind of helped refurbish their band room and get new uniforms. Um, wow. So we're working really hard to both hand, you know, like build the music scene, give it its notoriety and popularity that it deserves, help our kids benefit from that give them something that they can look forward to doing as they grow. Um, so that's a big part of what we're doing as well. That makes me really proud of what we're doing. To, uh, you know, a not small extent, you guys are making the pandemic tolerable for Kelly so. and I. We're trying. Just, 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 for, just for two fans right well, that here. That makes it's me like, happy. That, yeah. That's enough right there. Cause if it starts with one or two people, then it grows to three or four. 
grows to 100. We've been averaging three to 5,000 views a week yeah. and climbing. So yeah. I know people are paying yeah. attention, you totally. know. Um, and that's pretty good for our yeah. little town. You yeah. Know? And on the yeah. Friday nights, like we see our friends on there. And we're like, hey. Yeah. People know? are so, interacting yeah. with each other. Yeah. I, I think for me is, you know, I think this is the longest period of time I haven't played in front of a live audience. It's going to be yeah, two months. We talk about this all the time. The yeah. mental aspect oh, of it. Yeah. Like, what a, this what is, is my that life. for I you I go guys. to the gig on Friday night. Like this past Friday when we did our show, I get done with work. I drive to the Raven. I set up my equipment and I play a show. For me, that normalcy, just individually, is right. massive. I mean, it's just like I'm preparing songs. We're rehearsing, working on material. Yeah. It feels like, oh, yeah, this is what I do, and this is normal for me. Right. And that's really and helpful. Had so many people comment week after week, like, thank you for giving me a sense of normal. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you yeah. for allowing me to feel like my world hasn't just shut down. And yeah. that's important, too. It's important to be safe. It's important to be healthy. It's important to give people their outlets. Yeah. So I I feel like we're doing what we can to keep yeah. our community elevated and positive through the experience that is just an odd new normal, you know. Yeah. Who's going to be on Friday? Not this Next week, Friday? but it's going to be Johan and Glory. Uh, oh, Johan yay. and the great thing about these kids that I love, and this gets back to the first two songs, is I you know I tell every artist that comes in. I'm going to sing at the top with you the first two songs. It's not for me to sit there and like pat myself on the back. It's to allow people time to log on. Right. You know what I mean? Because I don't totally. want them missing the artist they want to see. And, and it's, sometimes people yeah. forget it's at six or they get the notice five minutes after and they're like, ah. But these kids, they're not even kids. They're young adults. But these wonderful, brilliant musicians were like, yep. We don't want to do covers. We don't want, let's go, let's write songs. Let's use this as a challenge <gasps> to write one or two new songs. So we've been getting together, and so we will be debuting one, possibly two new songs nice. that wow. we all wrote together for this, which I love their gumption and enthusiasm of like, let's take this opportunity to write something, you know? Um, so I think Friday will be really special. So it'll be Friday the 15th. Yeah. It'll be Johan and Glory at 6 Raven Productions. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And, Check and, that and out. We've got, I know that the one song we just finished is killer, if I do say so myself. Hmm. Oh. And I'm really excited to debut it, and we'll see if the second one gets done or not. Nice. Fantastic. That's so Fantastic. Cool. So we're gonna um we're gonna introduce the first fan question. Ooh, right. yeah. 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 So this is from Celia. And I I I altered the question a little bit. Uh -huh. So Drew, if you weren't we're gonna ask this to both of you, both start okay. with Drew. Drew, if you weren't a musician, what would you be? Wow. I, I don't really know. I, I've had people ask me that. I've always just done this. I don't really know. You know, I, I thought briefly about doing, you know, visual art. I mean, doing yeah. drawing and, and, and things like that. And then I picked up a guitar and that just that changed. That changed. Yeah. yeah, everything just changed. So, yeah, I don't really know. I, I've never had a good answer for that because I don't have any other skills, first off. <laughs> that no, is no. not true. It. But it's just not any other skills that are your favorite. Right, exactly. I don't really have the, you know. And, and I've just always, like, I picked up a guitar. It was, like, singular just focus. Fit. This is what I'm going to do forever. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I had heard a rumor that you were a banker at some point. I was. I was a banker for a really, really short period of time uh, in high school. For I feel my... like you'd be good at that, too, though, because you have such a pleasant nature. I, I was. Yeah, well, thank you. I, I did okay at it. But then um, thank you to my dad for encouraging me to get out of it quickly. Yeah. <laughs> really quickly. On, on, honest nice. truth, I have a tattoo on my on my wrist here that says, write your own ticket with your talents. And it has a mm -hmm. signature from my dad. 
right? That should be a line in one what? of our new songs. I, I'd be down for that. I'd, wow. You know, I, you heard it here first, heard everybody. Here. <laughs> well, there's a new song brewing right <laughs> now. Write your own t- well, and 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 that was he basically did a drawing for me. I still have this drawing, and it was me being shackled to the bank, you know. Wow. And and like then there was Prescott Music Center at the time for those who yeah. have lived here a while. Prescott Music Center, old school Prescott. Um, Prescott Music Center was drawn in the background. It was like this is this is where you need to go. And there was like sunshine and and music and everything. And you know, so he you know he was in a wow. spot in his life where he he kind of wished he had pursued his dreams more. Yeah. And it was like Look. I love him for that. Yeah, he was a fantastic human being, and I was very lucky to have his guidance. And yeah. so yeah, after the bank, it was music full blast. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Your turn. I um similar but different, I guess. Um, I am a fifth generation equestrian. So I've had horses in my family's existence for five generations. My great great grandparents were Native American and had farms in Oklahoma, and then my great grandparents were horsemen and cattlemen and and then they moved to Hollywood and they were all the stuntmen and women for Hollywood and worked with John Wayne and Slim Pickens and down it, the list goes on and on. And so I grew up almost literally in a barn, like almost born in a barn. I was born down <laughs> the street from our barn. barn. My mom grew up in a barn. <clears throat> I, my mom rode till like eight months pregnant. I had my first, you know, horse at like three. You know, there was definitely a moment in my life where I could have gone and been a professional athlete as an equestrian mm-hmm. and done that. I ended up coaching the USC equestrian team at one point and taking them to some national finals. And But it's you, interesting. You coached the... The US. University of Southern California yeah. equestrian team. Yes. Okay. I didn't even know that. That's cool. I don't know. That's I built know. them from five to about 40 strong, and we got two national titles, I think. And yeah, it was wow. a blast. It was a joy. Yeah. And I actually left that because I got hired to go sing backup for Christina Aguilera. And then <laughs> you can't be yelling. You can't be going, trot across. You know, you can't be like screaming and dust and dirt. Take care of the cords. Yeah, you got to protect your vocal cords. And you can't turn around and sing an assless chaps with Christina, which I'd never had to do. Thank you, God. Um, and, you know, sing at full volume and then turn around and scream again at kids on horses. So it didn't really go hand in hand. But I definitely had a cognizant moment in my life where, uh, and I know we're going to get to this later because you asked me before we started, but where it was like, I never wanted to resent horses. It's my church. It's my go-to. It's my release. It's a lot of my inspiration when I write. It's my quiet place, sitting on a horse, being in the barn, being around animals, not having anything digital. And I, I knew that if I had to rely on horses for my income, there would come a point where I was like, these fucking horses. And I never wanted to resent animals that I admire so much that on a spiritual level I'm so connected to that has run in my blood veins historically for so many years. And I knew that from the age of like five on, singing was always the thing that I just, I mean, I just, I my dad has videos of me singing at the top of my lungs, walking down the street, you know, as a toddler. And I knew that I had enough um, thick skin that if, I knew the road of singing. Like I knew it's like some years you're flush and it's great. And some years you're like broke as a joke. And I was okay with that. I I just, for some reason that made perfect sense to me, but I never wanted to resent my horses. So I made a very, but if I weren't singing, I guess I'd be riding horses. I suppose I probably should have been a lawyer like my parents wanted because I can argue anything, but I (laughs) just couldn't do that either. It has no passion. Excellent. So we're going to take a little take a little break and encourage everybody in the audience to answer that question for yourselves in your own head. Yeah. What would you be if you weren't what you are right now? Yeah. 
Yeah. It's a good question. Yeah. When I think it opens up doors for people to reevaluate where they are now and go, Mm -hmm. there's always time to do something else. Absolutely. People reinvent themselves. hundred times. Yeah. Could not agree more. (laughs) We'll be right back with the Rocket Feather podcast with more awkward pauses and and not enough to say. Welcome, everybody, back to the Rocket Feather Podcast. We're in the big studio with Drew Hall and Candace Devine, our rock god and our local diva. And we're asking some more fan questions. So several people in social media wanted the typical, we, you, Drew, you and I, when we were planning this podcast months ago, we were talking about these kinds of questions that always get asked of musicians on podcasts and interviews. But we're going to try and... <laughs> we're, well, actually, no. We're going to blow it up. Oh, uh, oh we're okay. going to give you an opportunity to um, to to tell the story. If your relationship with music was a romantic comedy, mm. oh. describe. You already started this a little bit, but describe mm. the meet cute moment between you and music. Like, what was what happened in that moment was it on a bridge was it was it it dark was it were you dating i got an answer for you feel free to uh fictionalize and embellish (laughs) as needed yeah (laughs) all right well palace diner uh fresh meadows queens and i was at uh, breakfast with my dad i take my girls to breakfast it's tradition that i have with my dad Every Saturday morning. And he worked like a fiend, and, you know, we had Saturday mornings together. And they had the little jukeboxes on each table. Oh, I love those. You know, they were all connected to each other, which was interesting. So if someone played, you know, something I didn't like, well, we had to sit through it. You know, like, we got to make our picks, right? So my dad, I was probably like 11, and my dad was uh, obsessed and fascinated with the Bon Jovi song, Living on a Prayer. Yeah, okay, awesome. And and especially the talk box intro, what is that sound? What is this thing? And and so my dad was cool, you know, because like that was what he was into, and that's what I was into. So he played me that song on the jukebox, right? And that was it. Oh, this is it. This is my thing. I love this. This is music, you know. And and I tell that story a lot. And a lot of my, you know, Don Cheek and folks can say, "Well, I saw the Beatles on Ed Sullivan." I said, "Well, you know, I, that that wasn't my time period. My time period yeah. was Bon Jovi at the Palace Diner." You know, and and that was really it. I went and I bought the cassette for Slippery When Wet. And I got into it, and that was the first music that was my music. My mom had her music, my dad had his music. Uh, that became my music. Now my dad liked it too, but right. that was my music. You know, so I have a special place in my heart for that. Now, granted, I also have a tattoo of that. We're gonna get into we're gonna do, we're gonna do a <laughs> yeah, tattoo yeah. podcast. Yeah, right? yeah, Let's explain yeah. Drew's tattoos. I have a jukebox up here that has the "Living on a Prayer" thing on the yep. upper part, and um, because that was it, that was like, and then when him and I would go on road trips, that was a song, you know. So that was that was the tune, you know. So you fell in love at a diner. Totally, totally. Yeah. Hey, you know, eggs over easy and hash browns, Bon Jovi. We sifted through whatever the other people were playing, and when that Bon Jovi tune came up. We, we oh, we waited ten songs for this. We've been done with wow. our breakfast for half an hour, but we waited for our song, you know. So that yeah. was it. <sighs> I'm still thinking. Um, I <laughs> no pressure, Candace. No, <laughs> I I feel like I'm gonna flop this question because I I genuinely like came out of 
the womb as who I am. And my parents are, you know, about 10 years apart, roughly under that. And so same as yours, my dad had his music and my mom had her music. And then you find your own influences and whatnot. So my dad had come from the East Coast and, you know, landed in California at like 17 or 18 with a total buzz cut flat top when everybody else were hippies on Sunset Drive. And my grandparents had been swing dancers. So he grew up with big band and swing and American songbook. Like we said, everything was Frank Sinatra and Judy Garland and Johnny Mathis and Sammy Davis. And, um, you know, those kinds of singers and performers. And my mom was that decade later where born and raised in California. And she was, you know, Cat Stevens and the Carpenters and Carol King and James Taylor and, and so many artists that I just adore. And I think when my dad used to drive me to preschool, I mean, not I think, I know, um, he would, he always, moving from the East Coast, he always wanted a convertible. Every car he ever had, whether it was used, abused, like the man drove a convertible. He still drives a convertible. And he would put Judy Garland at the top of the radio. And what I loved about hearing her was that it was 100% okay, and this is from my little five-year-old brain, to sing as loud as you want. Ah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. she, they, she had a power to her voice. Barbara Streisand, Aretha Franklin. My dad loved big singers for that same emotive reason. So from my earliest of early days, to me, a singer was somebody who could just let it out, let their guts, let their glory, let their tears out onto any surface that it would stick. And then I, of course, you know, uh, found Whitney Houston. And Whitney Houston, to me, to this day, is the most flawless voice I've ever heard. And I'm talking her first album at like 18, 19, you know, and, and um, I just thought there was so much magic in hearing emotion through a song. And I think from the time I was little, McLittle, McLittle, I just couldn't fathom I wouldn't do that. Like, it just didn't occur to me that I wouldn't do that. And, you know, Michael Jackson was huge. And I would, like, my parents would put me to bed at my bedtime. And I was an only child, so I'd close the door. And I would turn around and put on my record player or my cassette tape or whatever was, you know. um, And I would just sing and dance in my room till whatever time I'd finally fall asleep on the floor, you know. And I just, in fourth grade, I got my first solo and then by high school, I had gone out for a musical my freshman year, and it was like a dream scenario. The lead got sick, and I was the understudy. And I went from freshman nobody to like, oh, my God, the lead in the musical, you know? And so I felt really excited about that. And then I got to sing the national anthem for the Clippers and the Warriors at like 16. And then I, you know, everything I did my whole life was based around singing my guts yeah. out. So I, I don't have the moment. Because I don't think, I think it was a compilation of many moments from the time, from the earliest memories I have. Well, it sounds Which like is one, super it's, boring. It's, it's one I'm of those sorry. romantic comedies where the kids grow up together. Yeah, and then they and end they, up together. And they and end the, up together know. and like, oh, it was you all along. Yeah. And yeah. I dated all there these douchebags and I yeah. should have seen it the whole it time. That was my life. Yeah. It was you. I like that. That's, <laughs> yeah. a, that's a good way of putting there it. There you go. Yeah. Awesome. So I just, um, I do know a significant moment in my life was, uh, I think I was still in college and friends of mine had called and I was, or maybe I just graduated and I had been working at some corporate, whatever executive assistant job and, you know, going in at eight 30 and coming home at five. And I was like, Oh, this is the real world. That sucks. 
And my friend called and said, there's a, there's a closed by word of mouth audition for Christina Aguilera. And he was like, can you take a long lunch? <laughs> and I was like, you know what? I bet I, I can. Yeah. I'm going to say I have a dentist appointment. You got to do that. And what can you do if you have to drill your teeth? You're stuck there, you know? Right. So I did. I had told my boss. He called me. I don't know what day it was, but I knew it was like a day or two later. And I told my boss, I said, I've been waiting for weeks and I need to go into the dentist and I can, may I take a long lunch? And she was like, yeah, that's no problem, Candace. We're not that busy right now. And I went in thinking it would take an hour or two and I kept getting called back, Ooh. which was, they what they would do is they'd have, there was a line around the corner and not that this is important, but at the time it felt validating. I was the only white singer there. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that's important because music transcends color and everything. But there were these um, incredible like church singing yeah. girls that had grown up just killing it their whole lives. And here was me with my blonde hair, just right. like standing in the line being like, I'm going to come out, try out too. <laughs> and um, I think everybody there, including the musical director was like, why the fuck is this chick here? <laughs> and it was, and Christina was the judge in the room. She showed up to her own audition to decide. And there were probably wow. about, 50 of us and then they would bring everybody in and if your name was or wasn't called however it worked you had to go home and my name wasn't called and I was like so then it was second round and so I went back outside and waited in line again and then my name wasn't called and so then I went and did a third round and then um it got whittled down to like three or four of us and then they were like we'll call you and wow. then I had to march my tail back to my job like five hours later being like, sorry, it was a really long, you know, I had a, uh, yeah, you know. Sorry. Yeah, I had a root sorry. canal. You know? <laughs> Whatever it was. You just have a sock fast, in your cheek. Yeah, yeah. and then I, I distinctly remember going to sushi that night and getting a call saying, Christina would like you on board. And you start rehearsals Monday. Yeah, that's the real thing. And right then I had there. to go to my boss and go, I not only did I lie to you about the dentist appointment, but I just got hired by Christina Aguilera and I have to quit in two days. So do you want me to find you a temp? I'm sorry. I'm not not taking this. Right. Yeah. That one moment was like, now I'm doing this as my career. Like that. Yeah, that's what the... that's what I was gonna ask yeah. you. It was like, was there a moment? Obviously, the music was always there yeah. and always important. And then it's like you got on stage and in front of people pretty early. Yeah. But there's there's a big difference from a high school musical to Correct. being a professional. And that was the moment. You know, I was probably 22, and that was the moment where I was just like, "This is my life now." Yeah. Like, and and once you do that, you don't like leave tour with Christina and then go. I think I'll go work in an office. Like it yeah. just doesn't happen that no. way. Like you get it's, that it's taste you and forever. you just go, now I'm, this mm. is, and you're, sorry, parents. Like it's forever. I'll never be a lawyer. <laughs> we, we just watched 20 feet from stardom. Oh yeah. For the I first time. Yeah. Like two it's weeks incredible. ago or something. And just, I had been meaning to watch it forever. Such a great, and great. it was so much better than I even could have hoped for. So speaking of music, yeah, we'd love for you guys to, to play a song. Cool. I think we're gonna start with a kind of groovy one. Yeah. Just easy going, groovy, bob your head kind of song. We yeah. like it. Okay. I hate to keep on bringing it up. But the way you move just turns me on. Baby, I ain't giving it up. You're everything I want. Why do you? Be alright. No need to hide. 
But the way you move just turns me on Baby, I ain't giving it up You to 
want me and need you to need me and love you love me I want you to want me let's give them something to talk about a little mystery to figure out let's give them down the road back again your heart is true you're a pal and a confidant and if you're through a party and invited everyone you knew you would see the biggest gift would be from me and the card attached would say Turns me on Baby, I ain't giving it up thing to adjust to and every person that's been in there has said that they're like but you just got to roll with it and be like i feel like someone somewhere's clapping so you know it's there it's there somewhere yeah you just can't hear it (laughs) it's great it's great to have an audience so important but you know if you really really love the music you can still feel that energy like like we played on friday just felt that energy because of enjoying the music and enjoying the people that i'm playing with that helps a lot so this is a great segue into an instant fan question. Okay. You have to answer really quickly. Don't Ooh. think about it too much. Okay, what is your favorite song to sing? A song for you, Leon Russell. Thank you. What is your favorite song to play? Oh, my goodness. And I can't have a quick answer. I, I mean, it's I, outside of our own, right? Outside of our own that we, own, that we wrote. Doesn't Anything. matter. Oh, my goodness. I, I, I'm going to say really right now, um, don't worry, child, parentheses, Rosalind. Yeah, there we go. Okay. Wrote, That's right. yeah. I love, actually, You Got Me, which we're going to play later, is yep. probably one of my, as, I, as a singer, it just indulges my, you know, yeah. everything. Yeah. yeah. Leon Russell? No, what, the oh. song we were oh, going to say. That we wrote. I thought yeah. we meant yeah. outside of what we've written. Um, yeah. Leon Russell also fills up my insides with glory yeah. every time I sing it. It just feels oh, good gosh. every time I sing it. Awesome. And another fan question, that kind of two of them, fits in really well with what you've just been talking about. This person, this fan would like to know what it is about collaborations that brings you the most joy. And just to, just to put a little bit of padding around this, this is something that uh, attracted me to Drew from the beginning. It's like, 
that he's you in know, 14 bands and works with all these amazing people. Absolutely. He's brilliant absolutely. every single one of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I well, get that. I've, you know, I've, I've, <laughs> I've mentioned. he's actively mentoring on stage. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. I can absolutely. see, I can see what you're drawn to. Like yeah. amazing, generous things on stage that had nothing yeah that is the short answer that's what draws me to collaboration the heart connection of music um any i would prefer to write with other musicians any day of the week than writing by myself and i do write by myself but i so much rather um get that it's an energy that happens when you're onto something and the melodies fall in place with don't worry child i was in drew's studio and he's like i have this groove and i think damn near two-thirds of that song got written that hour that yeah there was that same day i mean i wow. think it was by the time we got together again i had just filled in you know lyrically some of the places that we just didn't yeah we out. added a bridge but i mean but i mean he started with a groove i started humming a melody then the groove turned into all the changes and then yep. all of a sudden i was like i feel like we i had been talking to drew and his daughter i guess this might be a question for later sorry but this is what the point of yeah. it is yeah, that yeah. that's what the yeah. collaboration yeah. brings it's it's an energy that you can't fundamentally achieve by yourself Wow. And it's awesome. It's a connection with humans. I mean, it's it's the way you can speak to each other without speaking to each other. It's a magical thing. Yeah. Be- you talk about it. You both talk about it like it's just a natural thing. And I know that a lot of musicians and a lot of artists do collaborate, but not all of them. Yeah. True. There are definitely True. people that feel that their best their best work comes from retreating to a room of their own where they can just let go of the whole world and they can be clear and let that music come through them. I don't begrudge that process at all. No. And I, I have had those experiences in my life. Yeah. Here we are. Was that way that song? Oh, sure, um, sure. I just sat at my piano in my little apartment. My grandma had passed away and left me my great grandma's piano. And uh. it was like a divine thing. It's just, you sit down and the, it just comes out of you. That is a magical experience in and of itself. However, in my personal experience and just out of personal joy, I think there's something so rewarding uh, about sharing that evolution and that growth with one or more people. Mm. I mean, it just it's just a it's a connective human experience. And I think other people make you better, you know, because their brains go somewhere that maybe your brain doesn't naturally go. And now you have options. And when you're writing music, you want to write the thing that you feel the most excited to sing, like we were talking about. And it's like when you are, you know, when you are faced with other people's ideas and you can go back and forth and you're like, yeah, yeah. And everybody's just jiving on this thing. It's almost like an instant gratification and an instant and an instant certifiable like this song's good. Because mm. more than one person in the room thinks it's good. <laughs> good. That's a good you know point. What I, mean? I didn't think of it. That's true, though. When that's it's a good your way to own think of it. Yeah. thing in your own head and your own room, <laughs> now you have to present it to the world. And anytime you sing a song, once it comes out of your mouth or out of your guitar, it is not yours anymore. Right. It's huh. not yours anymore. It now belongs to the people who are hearing it, and it is theirs to make memories to. It is theirs to decide what it means for them, mm-hmm. and it is theirs to, you know, dream about in ways and drive long distances with, and you know, ease their aching hearts or settle their nerves or, you know, put the exclamation point on the best moment of their life proposing to their person. You know what I mean? Like it is their song. So you when, haven't thought about this at all. Not at all. You? I mean, I, but <laughs> I so fully when you agree write with it that. yourself, yeah. when you write it yourself, it's pretty fucking intimidating to go, uh, uh, you know, but like I said, when you get that stamp of approval, when other musicians you respect are like, we just wrote something awesome. It's really exciting to put it out. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like I couldn't wait to put out Don't Worry Child. Totally. Although at the same time, because I we brought in all the other musicians, mm-hmm. I was like, oh God, if it's a fucking failure, it's all 
my fault! No, so... <laughs> they I will mean, hate me. All of yeah. those musicians coming together on that were so great. I They're mean, all incredible, every single one of them. And I could have put 20 more, honestly. Yeah, yeah. We, have, we have such a, but, a great... COVID color. fucked yeah. that up because right? I was like, I just have to be able to keep six feet between. Yeah, we can't have twenty know, people in the bar. So you know? It would have been an orchestra if I. Uh, it would have been, been ten orchestra. guitars, and it yeah. would have been harps, and it would have been everything. It would. It will you know, be. Yeah. One day. Well, that's why we called it the Prescott Collective because yeah. it was like this can be anything it wants to be with the people yeah. and the brilliant music of this town. So, um, but yeah, if it weren't for the COVID, we would have. I mean, I love the way it turned out. I think it's absolutely perfect right. for what it is. Um, but. You know, yeah, we had to be kind of strategic. I I knew which, well, and Drew lived through this with me. I was singing, I was sending videos to people like singing air horn to Steph, being like, I feel, I hear something like this. And then that's a great right? video, though. I love that video. I, I sent videos it. to everybody, and you I was like, so <laughs> with strings, and they're like, this woman's a lunatic. Well, it's just what's so cool about it, though, is that your arrangement brain was in full effect there, which I love seeing, like the process and like the harmony parts and yeah. everything and like learning the harmony part that you had established. Yeah. That was my part. That's really cool. So I don't think I've ever had anyone like write a harmony part for me and I really dug it, but it went to a place that I wouldn't have gone. That sounded amazing. I was like, well, that's this awesome. Is great. I'm glad that's how you yeah. felt about it. No, I love <laughs> it. No, no. Like yeah. you overbearing and control. No, no, I love it. You know, <laughs> and that's, that's the thing about like, that's collaboration. Yeah. That's, that's like when you collaborate with someone, their strength gets added to your strength. And, yeah. and that's an amazing thing. Like, realistic thing guitar playing is my my number one i sing as well but i'm a guitar yeah. player number one and and i always trying to grow as a singer now singing with candace makes me a better singer but it pushes me to like focus on vocals and practice vocals and do things that makes me a better overall musician yeah and plus if i have a writing idea and it's something I can't sing, you can sing it. Yeah. You know what I mean? But that's great, though, because that doesn't limit my writing. Right. I've, I've been in this, like, Brian Wilson fascination for forever, mm -hmm. and I've watched all these documentaries. Yeah. And, like, how he would sit with the wrecking crew and be like, do this, do this, do this. Stuff that he couldn't do himself, or maybe his bandmates couldn't do, but they could do. And so the idea that's in their mind becomes realized by collaborating with people right. who have different skill sets than you have. You know? And in, and to that same front, even with Steffi Lee and with Johan and Glory and, and the different parts, oh, yeah. you know, and even with you and Anton, I'm like, here's my idea. Here's yeah. my map. But I'm also not a fiddle player. So I know that you can take my idea and make it far better than what I'm capable of imagining because, you know, your instrument. And mm -hmm. with Steffi Lee, I'm like, there's this horn part I have to hear. Yeah. But then past that, please, like be a horn player. I, yeah. I'm not a horn player. Yeah. And, and then watching those musicians go, oh, I see the idea you're going for. Let me show you, you know, like, let me play around with, and, and having it go to the next level. And like with him and Anton, you know, I was like, we don't have a bass player. So if Anton can hold down a lower end oh, yeah. and drew with, and they were then mapping to their greatness, you know, and it was one of those things where it was just so exciting to see an idea get so much better. And that's where collaboration is so magical. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Great. Well, we're going to come back in just a little bit and actually listen to that song. I'm sure Sweet. anybody right. who's listening to this podcast right now who hasn't heard. And it's the live worry, version. Child. I mean, that's what live. I think is so exciting. Yeah. It's a hundred percent yeah. one take live. Yeah. Really? Most people don't realize. <gasps> yeah. yeah so, but before, a... before we go out there, we're going to do another lightning uh, fan question. Yay. Right. Quick answers. Quick answers. Uh -oh. This is from Bill. <laughs> Whatever. Okay. So Drew, Drew <laughs> what is the, what, what do you consider the most influential personality trait of Candace that makes it so enjoyable to perform with her? 
There's a bunch of them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm gonna yeah. just throw compliments at you right now. I know. I'm, I'm, and I'm like, throwing compliments. I'm both I think I think it's it a combination. There's a combination of all the things in no particular order. <laughs> we have obviously talent at your craft. You have dedication and work ethic, and you're a really good human being. No, <laughs> I no. I mean, that. this matters. This okay. matters. Okay, great. Because that's, I want that's... all of those things in a collaborator. You know? <laughs> Seriously. Yeah. All right, Candace. Same question. Same, about same Drew. question. Um, I, I agree with him. Talent always comes first. I think you're always mm. drawn to. Um, and I, I don't want to quantify anybody's talent, but I think when you find a like-minded person or a like-minded ability, that is an immediate draw. I think my biggest like joy of working with Drew and playing with Drew is his enthusiasm and his flexibility. Yeah. Yep. You can have, and I've experienced this, you can have an incredible player at any instrument or vocally who's just a dick or yeah. just, uh, or just not willing to go like, let's try. I always have a motto of like, dare to be stupid. Throw it all at the wall and see what yeah. sticks. And Drew is that way too. And meeting him was so refreshing because he wants whatever song we write or any song we just perform to stand on its own with the most um, credibility and with the most integrity possible. Mm. And his enthusiasm and his nature and his positivity for playing music at its best level is so appealing to me. And it's so like a heartstring to me because I love the like, Go for the thing you wouldn't think you'd do and make it your own. And he's always on board without question. He has never looked at me and been like, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> or, I don't do that. Or I don't do that. Oh, or that, I'm not yeah. going to play that. Or, or that's not in the wheelhouse. Or you shouldn't be singing that. Or whatever it is. He's always like, let's give it a shot. If we hate it, we won't do it. If it's amazing, mm. Leo Sayer will do it. Yep. You know? And I appreciate that. Because I, I try to approach the world with enthusiasm. Yep. And when I meet people that also approach the world with enthusiasm i think it is un it's you you can't beat that you can't you run then you run at your fastest speeds and you fly and that's so exciting awesome and he's a good person like i'll throw that one right back at you yeah, he's a yeah. wonderful person he's a wonderful family man he's an incredible dad and husband and i um i admire that and i i love you know people that have i don't want to say morals because that's a shitty thing to say those are you know sliding yeah. But like that have a constitution of family matters and, and my relationships matter and the way I treat people matters. He has all of that. Your yeah. values. Values. That's the better that's word. Values. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, everybody. Uh, take a moment to uh, do a values check with yourself and anybody else in the room. If you're uh, listening alone in the yeah. car. Don't be a crappy person. <laughs> <laughs> that's my advice from Candace Devine. All right. We're going we're gonna to print up some Prescott Collective t-shirts that just say, don't be a crappy person. <laughs> we'll be right back with more yeah. of the Rocket Feather podcast. And welcome back to the Rocket Feather Podcast. We've just been sitting here very quietly, not talking about anything. Complete silence. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to do two more fan questions. Right. Quick ones. Uh, we'll see if it's. So this is from Katie. What is the main adjective to describe your hair? <laughs> I saw I know, that question. I know yeah. exactly who this is from. Yeah. All right. This is from my once a year hairdresser, you know, <laughs> um, Miss Katie. Um, the, the adjective, the, the proper one is majestic. Yes. Oh. And that is by way of Josh Halverson, but that's oh. by way of, yeah. That is, so. that is entirely. <laughs> Said in a very like, wow, man, that's majestic. 
Kind of like that. Very chill. Wow. But that's it. And Josh has got some pretty majestic he hair. Does he does well. have majestic yeah. hair as well. That's true. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, and another one for Drew. You, you said in social media this we were going to be surprised by this. Well, here, let's do this oh, first. Yeah, let's do this first. Candace, who do you think Drew Hall's biggest guitar influence is? No. Oh. oh, he has told me. He's told me. Oh. And I can't, it's not that I can't remember, I just can't remember the exact name. Because it's not somebody that I grew up listening to. Right. And he's told me, and I've referenced it, <laughs> and I've been like, oh, yeah. And then I let that go. <laughs> he did that cover of Reach Out, I'll Be There. I know. Shit. <laughs> I fail. Flunk for me. <laughs> Tell me again. Should I answer? Yeah. All right. Uh, Richie Kotzen. Richie Kotzen. Yeah. Richie Kotzen. I could have gotten the Richie part. It was the the last name I. I, I speak of Richie Kotzen almost too much. I have to. I have to pull it back a little bit. Otherwise, it can be overwhelming. Well, he just came out with a new record. It has fifty songs on it. Wow. It's original and it's oh 50, it's called Fifty for Fifty. He just turned fifty. Oh. He wrote, yeah, I'll write fifty songs. Yeah, yeah. sure. Why not? Like you do. Oh, so he's yeah. just a kid. Just one of those guys. But yeah, he's one of those guys that blends. The rock and the R&B soul music. Right. And that's why I love him so much is because my parents were on both ends and they combined them. Yeah. He has a great cover of Sarah Smile from The Baked Potato oh, in Studio City. I'll have to well. send you that one. Yeah. And uh, I saw him there, 25 people in the audience. So that's all I'm it so holds. I'm so mad at myself. I had the Richie <laughs> part. The Cotton part I didn't have. But yeah, check out the Sarah. I'll send everyone the Sarah Smile. But he basically sings it and he does a great job. He, he does it and then he rips an amazing guitar solo. And it's like, it fits perfectly together. And my brain goes, that's it. That's it. Right That's there. how it works. Both you put gears. The, the soul Great. music and the rock. Both gears. Yeah. yeah. So if is it, he in some bands or, that we would know? Or uh, is I'm pretty he much just solo on? artist, and he has a group called the Winery Dogs with Billy Sheehan and Mike Portnoy. Kind of a super group. We'll put a we'll put a link to uh, one of your favorite songs in the show notes. Yeah, nice. and I'd love yeah. to hear the Sarah Smiles because yeah. my story is I, I went song. to see Holland Oates with my best friend oh, on Valentine's God. Day in 1985, and they did not play Sarah Smiles. What? Why? And we were crushed. How is that possible? Why? Not even as like an encore, or nobody was yelling. No, I don't. I can't. I can't explain. Really? It. We walked out, and we we're like just shaking our heads, going, "What the fuck?" Wow. That's so wow. if if and if, the thing with Hollow Notes is they have so many hits yeah. that it's kind of like yeah, and some of them are terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just curious, which one do you think is you terrible? You take some what of the '80s production yeah, out of it. Yeah, some of that amazing. '80s stuff is. Terrible. That's why I love Live from Daryl's House. It's just yeah, but, anyway, yeah. But so much of it is really good. I'm a huge Hollow Notes fan. So Daryl or John, you owe Kelly an explanation. Yeah. If you're listening. We were crushed. Crushed. Do you ever watch Our, the, uh, in Paul's, what's the actual title of it? Oh, We're, Live from Daryl's Live from yep. Daryl's. No. Oh. oh. Is it, on, is it online or is it a show, show? No, it's online. I think you can see it on YouTube. I mean, no. uh, do they just do it on the YouTube Now channel? it's, it used to be on like. Each one, or yeah. it was on something. It's there was live some... from Daryl's house, basically, That's and he does kind of what we do on Fridays. He brings in guest artists, yeah. Yeah. he That's sits wonderful. in with them, and then they jam out, and it's, oh, it's Daryl Hall just being a badass with oh. other artists. It's awesome, and it's uh, best version. Best one is the Amos Lee one. That's oh. my absolute favorite. Oh, I love Amos Lee. Amos Lee. We, Charles and I have talked about Amos Lee. Yeah, That's I recommend looking that up. Okay. We got a whole bunch of recommendations. Yeah, but we're, we're gonna, but we're gonna, we're gonna play, we're gonna play. Don't worry, child. Yay. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Song yeah, makes yeah. Me happy. yeah.
never too late town again Cause she knows it ain't gonna be easy
Would it be okay if I listed who all was singing and playing oh, on there? Is that yeah, okay? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. um, it was out. it literally was a super group of of incredible talent. We had Drew Hall, we had Anton Teschner, we had Steffi Lee Griffin playing trumpet and singing. We had Johan Glidden singing and playing fiddle. We had a sister, Glory, who's now married, and I always really? mess up her new I last name. I can't pronounce it. Ariano, I, I think. think so. But, it, I think but we'll say so. Glory Glidden just for just safety. Yeah. For professional name. Yeah. yeah, and uh, she also singing and playing fiddle. And then we had Aaron Aragon on the drums. Um, and we had Dylan Ludwig, who set up all the microphones to make that sound incredible. All and captured, we had all captured live, all captured all one live, take, one yeah. take live. We did yeah. it like three times, I think. Yep. Yeah, it was the third of the. And three, the third, we just take. had to work out a few of the kinks, and then the third take. And Stevie Hollingsworth um, with Enlightening Media, he filmed everything, and we literally got in my barn so we could be far enough apart. And we just, my son yelled, "Action!" Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yep. we yeah. all just hit the ground running, and everybody went, "That's it!" And yep. then everybody got back in their cars and drove home. And that was, yeah. I mean, that's the thing most people don't know is that it was a one take live all the way yeah. through and every single person just kind of nailed it. Yeah, yeah. everyone nailed their parts. And it know. was so much fun. Yeah, think- it's play. it's been played in this house. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. It's just kind of that feel good, you know what I mean? It's uplifting. It I mean, I, I keep, like, the the lines that stick in my head of, like, the world that's big and wild, I like yeah. that. Yeah. And, um, Hatchback packed up. Yeah. Yeah. She checks yeah. her mail. That's a good there's line. So I like that. Good, yeah, hair pulled so up in a ponytail. Pink hair pulled up. I like that line too. He will tell me. Yeah. So Drew's Drew's daughter's named Rosalind. Yep. And you guys, you Candace, you and she were backstage we or were, something. We were at PCA. Drew yep. and Slim Gamble and Anton Teschner were shredding in the front of the house on stage yeah. and, and just wowing everybody. And I was backstage warming up, waiting for my grand entrance through the double oh, doors. That was, the- <laughs> that, was that was my favorite. Yeah. Was and um, <laughs> I was talking to Rosalind and at the time, I believe her hair was actually half blue, half pink. It, it was. Yeah. And oh, wow. we were just having a casual conversation and, and maybe it was her, but also there had been a point where I had talked to Rachel as well. Mm-hmm. And yep. they were discussing about how Rosalind has these dreams of going to to be a makeup artist and going to makeup school and leaving Prescott and going to the big city of LA or New York or yeah. I don't know, but I think LA. And it just put me right back in that place where I was going off to college. And it was one of those things where it's like, it's such a pivotal and beautiful part of your life, anything, whether it's college or not college, but that like that, that jump into adulthood mm-hmm. where you kind of leave home, but you have this freedom and yet this fear of like, Oh God, if I fuck it up, it's on me. Like yeah. I'm old enough to go to jail. Yeah. Hold me. Hold me. <laughs> and, and if I make a bad choice, I'm the one who has to sit in it. It's not like your parents shaking your finger and I have to smooth it over. And you do, you have these big dreams that for me, it was like, I want to go be a singer. I want to go to art school. I want to go be an entertainer. I want to, and you're, you're, in this place where it's like every move you make is kind of important, but at the same time, every move you make doesn't matter because your whole life's ahead of you. You know what I mean? Like it's this fine dance of being prepared for everything you don't know and also figuring out everything you don't know. And I, I think um, one of the best things that I was ever told by my parents is like, you're going to be fine. You're going to be fine. Like, and we're here. And if you're homesick, you can call, but like, you're going to be fine. You've had 18 years of us telling you how to do it. And there are a lot of people that don't have that kind of a support system. And so it's even scarier, you know, but it's, that's the one thing I pass along to all younger people is that it's like, you'll bobble, you'll fall, you'll pick yourself up and you'll fucking figure it out. Right. Yeah. And if it didn't work the first time, you'll figure out what works the second time. 
it's fine. And so it's that idea of, you know, it, it might be daunting to leave where you're from or the safety net of what you know. But you'll be all right. Be Soak all right. it in. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. And yeah. we were talking about the song and Charles was saying how how important it is for all of us to hear that message right now. Well, and shocking we are in uncertain times. Yeah, and, and even, you know, we're in our 50s and and we still need be reminded be it's okay that. you're gonna yeah. be fine yeah yeah and that's yeah in music i've told drew this there are years where i've been like i'm rich i mean in my terms you know like to me <laughs> and then you think you're on top of the world and two years later you're like i haven't had a paycheck from music in two years you know and thank god i'm good at saving and i made all that money then you know or whatever it is but the nature of all of life is it doesn't just go up and 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 up until the day you die. That's not how it works. You know, it just doesn't. It's two steps forward, one step back. And, you know, we're all going to get through it. I've had so many people mention that this song felt so relevant to them at this time, even though it's it was initially written from a different idea. Right. It's it crosses those lines of being reminded you know which is really yeah, cool right. i'm so glad people have taken it that way well and it's it's very much like we were saying earlier about when the song when you write the song and it goes out to other people yep. it becomes it theirs theirs and so people listen to it at this time the first time they ever heard the song that message while it was about a certain thing is now about something Else. bigger yeah, yeah they connect yeah 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 so what do you so what are you hearing back from our new folks discovering the song or is it just kind of a local thing or yeah, that can I tag on to yeah, make a yeah. question cluster out of that? Absolutely. Um, I, I'm just curious. How cause... could I stop you? <laughs> Actually, I, I am at the mixing board, but no. That is true. <laughs> just turn me down. Um, how do you, because that song could be huge. Every, the world yeah. needs that song right now. Yeah. Oh, I would love it. How if that does happened. it, how, how does that happen now? The record industry is totally different now. I mean, is it? The world, yeah, the whole inter- music industry. How do you make a, a single in in today's Through, world? Through, in my opinion, the, the going viral aspect mm-hmm. of, you know, people resonating with the song and sharing the song. We have over 8,000 views right now. It's been just under two weeks, I think, or Roughly, something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, we had written a song to go on my next record, which it will. Um. But there's a a thing called the NPR Tiny Desk Contest, and I'm a big fan of it. And it's only been running five or six years, I think. And in that exact time, I had become a mom and had my son, and I I wasn't trying to be out there doing music. And so when it came around this time, I just felt like it was a song that would would resonate with that independent, you know, music world because of the message and and that it was groovy and positive and and just eclectic and cool. And so I said to Drew, I'm apparently a very knee-jerk person. Like, I have an idea and then I act on it. Like, it's just, there's not much. I'll tell you, I absolutely love that because I'm the same way. All the ideas and stuff, shows that I put together, just like with Slim, well, let's do this. Okay. Yeah, I don't sit on it very long. And I think I said to Drew, uh, you know, the extension for Tiny Desk got extended and I want to submit this. And then it promptly became a mad dash that's where i turned into like a weird mad scientist and i was singing everybody's parts because oh, we didn't great. have time right yeah, we time was we had a, quick, i think yeah. a week yeah. before the deadline oh, and so wow. i was like i am not even gonna waste time with rehearsals and asking musicians to come up with ideas and i was like i it's in my head i'm just gonna spit it out and i used an app and i sang everybody's instrumental parts like a crazy person and i was like here it is learn it let's meet next wednesday we're filming 
And wow. everybody shockingly was like, yeah, that sounds like a good idea. <laughs> because so not only was, was it one take, you it was barely wet. I mean, the, yeah. the ink was barely dry. Yeah. I'll, I'll tell you this, the song, I have the, the original version in my phone. That was March 6th. So that was when we first wrote the song. We wrote the song March 6th. And so by yeah. the 15th of April, it was recorded. And then the video, I mean, that's, yeah, it was that's just efficient. like turn and burn. Yeah. And yeah. it was just one of those so things. So to a certain extent, this, this song would not have happened at least in that way, and probably wouldn't sound the same if it hadn't been for COVID. My exactly. Gosh. And that's what I keep telling people. I'm like, this is devastating and it's really hard for people, but there are so many silver linings yeah. um, within the positivity, within the negativity. You yeah. know, I mean, there's less traffic, there's cleaner air, there yeah. are people learning what really matters to them. There are people mm -hmm. realizing how much family is important. They're realizing how many people they miss, how many people they don't keep good relationships with. I mean, there's a lot coming to light for people individually that I think is really positive. And what we're, what we're seeing and what we're talking about on the podcast so much is that what seems to be happening. People are finding the confidence to give of their gifts in a way that they never. Or that they didn't make time for. Counselors giving free mm -hmm. services. Yeah. Uh, you know, people are like putting more stuff out on social media, being more vulnerable, being yeah. more present. I think at, people at, are taking better yeah. care of each other from farther away, which is interesting. It's an yeah. interesting dynamic. I think people are in their homes and in their spaces thinking about ways to connect and feed yeah. each other, literally and figuratively. Yeah. And I think that's one of those silver linings that is really incredible out of all of this. When people say, can we get back to normal? I'm always like, I think we go to the hybrid of normal, I hope. Yeah. You know, I hope some of the I hope the good stuff sticks and then the ability to go out and be present with that same enthusiasm in real life comes with it. You know yeah. what I mean? Um so yeah, you're absolutely right. If it hadn't been yeah. for COVID, these series of events would not have transpired the way it did. Yeah. And it was really exciting to um bring those musicians together. Everybody jumped at it because everybody wants to be working and creative. Yeah. So I didn't get met with it. There was no hesitation on anyone's part, which right. was incredible. Um, that doesn't always happen, you know, and people are usually busy gigging and they just can't quite do that one thing or, Oh, getting oh a God, schedule it, is like yeah. a, yeah. It was literally I'm like, sure. hey, can everybody do Wednesday? And everybody's like, I'm free. Yep. <laughs> We're all free. I'm like, are you willing to drive out to Chino? Yep. Yep. <laughs> Cause that's where I'm, you know, I'm out at my folks' place right now. Cause my house is, we're remodeling it. So. Yeah. I just wanted, it I just amazing. wanted to go back to a little bit about the the kind of the interpretation of the song and why it hit so much for me. I think is kind of from this almost almost this cultural mythopoetic perspective. Like you all are singing to me and to us. It's not I hope. Rosalind. Yeah, I could put my name in yeah. those parentheses. Right. I could put the United States. I could put. I could put our generation in those parentheses. And Kelly and I talk a lot about how our generation, we're 50 something and we have not, we were born after world war two, after the right. depression, after civil rights was kind of done. Well, we were little, we thought, little babies during civil rights yeah. and, and the yeah. sixties. We worried about the Soviet union lobbing bombs. At right. Us, but then that went away. Right. And it was all just supposed to be gravy. Someone just posted today that I saw, and they were like, if you were born in 1900. Yeah. You, and they listed the montage of things oh, you lived through. Right. By the time you had grandchildren, and you had been through three wars, you had been through the Depression, mm -hmm. you had been through all yeah. of these things. They, and the point of the post was keep a little perspective. Right. You know, yes. yeah. um, Things that we find so hard and so difficult today, our, our forefathers and people would laugh at. They'd be like, right. oh, mm -hmm. you have to stay home. 
<laughs> yeah, and yeah. I, and this is introvert heaven. So, yeah. Yeah. you know, we're good. Yeah. yeah. We're employed and we're introverts. We're and and we have a fairly decent sized house. But yeah. that even feeds <laughs> into it. It's like, but what's happened to us is we've been exposed to the wild and scary world. Right. Yes. And that it's not and predictable and it's yeah. not fully controllable. And no matter how many times you control it through any any realm of policy or politics or anything else that happens in Washington, the reality is there are things bigger than us mm -hmm. always right. that right. can turn around and throw a big fat bomb in the middle of our ideas. So there it is. That's there, the there world is big hand. and wild. Yeah. 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 And that's the thing is that, you know, that's why we ultimately decided to call it Don't Worry Child and put Rosalind in the parentheses. When we were writing it, I just called it Rosalind. That was I was like, oh, this is the Rosalind song. Recordings back and forth just said Rosalind. Rosalind I think it was yeah. good to have the, and the I, name. In and it, it is know. that idea that it's like, yes, she was the inspiration of the song. And I always love if I can give any young person like, oh, my God, that was named after me. You know? And she approves of <laughs> it, too. Wanna, she I, still and she approves it. of it, which yeah. is great. Yeah. But I, I love to lift people up and, and try to help you know, them see their own value and their own importance. But at the same time, there was, it turned into a bigger message, right. you know, that and was applicable not, to anyone. It's not trying to make it all okay. No, not at no, all. It's, like it's the, just that the you'll get through her memorizing, it. Memorizing her mom's Yeah, face. she 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 memorized Learns her mom's her face in great detail because yeah. she knows it's not going to be easy saying goodbye. Yeah. And yeah. she may not see her for a while. And right. I'm, I don't know if I'll see my mother alive again. She's probably going to live to be 108, but. I um, hope she does. Yes, but yeah, yes, I mean, hopefully. that's, right. you know, there are those moments in your life where you definitely realize this is the last time. So the, so the song for me is about all those partings, all of that, all of that almost grief in, in, uh, in prologue. There's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. There's already, this partying is already. Happening. It's a part of our life, you know. We're partying. There's going to be yeah. grief and there's going to be joy also. And, and you're going to get through your grief. And don't worry, child. Yeah. yeah. And don't worry, child. So this is, I, I really think this is for our generation in particular it's like oh we're leaving home yeah we we thought we could just stay here oh we had, oh, okay this is growing up yeah okay yeah okay and this part is, of this the is thing my, i was this is my grandparents dealing with this with, with the spanish flu right dealing with world war ii dealing with it ah oh, oh yeah oh that's what oh, this is like yeah <laughs> okay and candace and drew say don't worry okay, okay. <laughs> yeah well what's next for y'all you got an album coming out, Candace. I'm right? working on it right now. I'm recording as we speak. I, I released an EP last year called Here We Are, and I'm currently recording as we speak and continually writing. Yep. So I'm hoping to release something by the end of the year. And uh, in the meantime, I'm, I, with Drew, am using this time to suck all the brilliance out of everybody here write as many wonderful before songs they, as possible they before they get busy yeah, yeah. i'm i'm using this as an opportunity i yeah. think it's that's exactly what it should be so um that's what we're doing yeah what's, what's yeah. coming up for you drew same you know just you know working on 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 writing like mm -hmm. we're collaborating on stuff and just trying to be creative and try to yeah. do as much music as i can of course teaching a bunch as well yeah. um and, yeah and just raising and 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 and, and, kids, yeah. and everything and, you know so yeah i mean just same kind of thing just trying to trying to trying to stay positive and trying to, you know, which is not always the easiest thing for me. So the music has been very, very helpful to me in that. And I, I guess I'd kind of forgotten how much just recharge I get from, you know, being on stage all the time and that like thing. And so thank God for things that we've been doing with collaboration and writing. And, you know, when that video came out, I'm like, oh, this is something great. I can share it with people. It's, I feel like I'm doing something musically. Yeah. And I've always had the family side, which is a super, super important side. And then my creative side. And I like them both to be happening, oh, you know? And so yeah. the creative side for a little while was in jeopardy. But then, you know, Candace called me about, let's do this, do this. Like, great, let's do it. 
I am so on board. I think you could ask so many people. Candace called. No, me. but if, you know what? But I'll, I'll give you a lot of credit. I mean, like you bring people together really well. And I saw that yeah. the first time when we did the Elks Theater show in October of whatever year two ago, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, just all of the people that came in from out of state. Oh yeah, sure. We'll yeah. Show. And we we put together. This, you know, she put together this incredible where's, show. Where's Prescott? Yeah, <laughs> and there yeah, was a, and there was a lot of that is great. what they said initially, and now no, they all I'm go. Sure. We can't wait to come back to Prescott, which yeah. goes back to my original That's point. Right, that exactly. This is the music city, and, and Slim already did it. I already brought him out here, and, yeah. and, and you know, yeah. and for the for the trio show, and we'll do something else again. And I think there's a lot of goodwill created, and and one of my favorite things is this music community and how everyone comes together and, and collaborates, and and really, I mean, everyone's cool with each other, and that's yeah. that's an amazing thing. That's I've never understood when musicians are competitive with yeah. each other. Agreed. I've always been a champion for work together, learn from each other, grow from each other, inspire each other. There are plenty of things that other musicians do that I cannot do. I cannot physically sing it or I cannot physically emote it the same way. It doesn't come from the same place. But man, do I appreciate that they can. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So how Absolutely. cool is it when you get that person and a person like me and a person like Drew yeah. and a person that grew up only listening to country music and doesn't know anything about R&B and you throw that in the mix and you get some 20-year-old that is just budding, you know, with their they're soaking in every possible thing they possibly can. Yeah. To me that's exciting. So I've yeah. always been a person that's been like, I don't, I don't want to compete. Like, come to the circle, join the drum yeah. circle. You well, know and, what I mean? And it's yeah. it's very evident. Like I yeah. noticed it immediately on that show, just yeah. seeing the people that came together for your album release. And I always I'm think just, that makes know? the most exciting outcome. Oh. So um, you know, that's what I try to at least encourage in others. And if if I can or if it's appropriate, I try to be the centerpiece that is the magnet to bring all those things together because I'm yeah. usually the one that's enthusiastic about doing it. So and Drew's the same way. We, exactly. When we worked together on Play It Forward, that was exactly the same thing. It's yeah. just the magnet. Drew's yeah, exactly. And all, the, and all the students that you highlighted, you brought mm -hmm. these little Amazing. little ducklings. Uh, and that, that part ducklings. was so exciting to me. And he yeah. was like, we're going to do Play It Forward and all these kids. And I was mm -hmm. like, oh, that's... And someone's got to give you that opportunity to get on yeah. stage. I had, when I worked at Prescott Music Center, I worked with people that got me on stage. I got up with Nick Maloof's country band. He's I so didn't know rad. a thing about country music. I remember playing a solo. He gave me a solo on Garth Brooks' The Dance, and I was full-on overdrive. I don't know. That's what soloing is, right? This is what Steve Vai would do, right? And he's ah! like, yeah, you haven't played country before. No, no, I haven't. <laughs> You're correct about that, sir. And, you know, and you know, like Freddie Cisneros, who got me up in the blues band, and, and all of these, these players. And without those people, you don't ever get on stage. And so, yeah. like, if I can give students and, and other, you know, up-and-coming people a chance to get on stage, yeah. then it's great that it works. And they, get, yeah. they have to have that leg up. To it's, and it's that carrot yeah. that keeps them learning. So yeah. The, oh, yeah. The, the, the weird thing is, is that in business, or we call what you guys do leadership. Mm. Mm. That's good. Yeah. No, I, I, I like that. <laughs> it's yeah. better than the slacker in the back. Yeah, yeah No, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're going to go out on a song, but we want to uh, give you guys an opportunity to uh, tell the audience, kind of give them a, a sign, give them a, yeah. something to experiment with, good for them or been good for them. You start. All right. I got it. <laughs> um, I'll just connect it in music. I, yeah. think, I think we've been talking a lot about collaborating, and I think one of the things that I would recommend to any musician is to be in a situation where you're sitting with people that have the same goal, they want to make great music. And in that situation, you give all ideas, you try everything, you do everything. I mean, everyone's goal is to get the best product 
Yeah. And, you know, if someone, if, you know, if you pitch an idea and someone goes, well, I don't know if I like that. I want to change that. Don't take it personally. Yeah, go, hey, this person's sorry. all part of have the same goal. And, and, and if you, if, you know, if that's, that to me is such <clears> a big <throat> thing as a musician, if you can learn from anyone, learn from them. Yeah. Um, I, I saw Ed Carter, who, you know, who now lives in Oregon, who I worked at Prescott Music Center with. He was on tour with the Beach Boys. He came back to my lesson room. I was playing a thing and he asked me how to play it. And I was floored. I was yeah. 18 years old. Like, whoa, wait, dude, like, you just what? played like Yankee Stadium. Why do you want to learn something from me? And because he was like, well, I, you, that's cool. I like that. You, you, you know, great. Tell me what you did. I did it. I do it all the time with my students. I, Keenan Hammock, one person I'll mention, I remember very clearly a, a alteration he did to one of mine and Anton's songs that I loved so much that I stole it. And I, and I, and I played it at the Elks Theater. And at the end of the show, we're in the little greeting line. And he goes, with his girlfriend, he's like, he goes, that was the thing that I, I did. I added to that. I'm like, yep, sure was, dude. You know? And it's like, it, it doesn't matter. Like, if someone can yeah. do something cool, learn from it, keep open, just be really, really open to all things that help yeah. you grow. And that can, that's, I can totally see that applying to non Yeah, just in life in oh, general. Yeah, just be open yeah, to growth. And you know? Yeah. I 110 billion percent <laughs> agree with Drew Hall. Um, I will just add to it because that would have been my answer as well. I think as a science, something to try is, uh, and, and this is also a life thing, find a place where you can hear the quiet of your mind. Mm. Mm. Um, as I mentioned earlier, like for me, being out with my horse or being in the barn is a peacefulness that I cannot find anywhere else. And as much as music is 100% my favorite place to exist, like on a stage, in a song, hearing great musicians, there is something very important about knowing where your quiet is. Um, I think balance is important. And I think so often people go so far into the thing that is their passion or trying to achieve something that they forget to also find the place where they're still. And I think when you can find the place that is peaceful and still, everything else becomes better. So I would urge or, and you know, so often people are like, oh, well, when I go to yoga or when I work out and that's whatever it is. I mean, whether it's, you know, doing a basketball league once a week or getting a trainer or learning how to paint when you've never, you know, that's why I, when people say they're bored at this time, I'm like, how the fuck can you be able to learn something? Like find your peace. <laughs> like what? Um, that's my point is yeah. that I, I think, I think knowing multiple angles of yourself is really important. You're welcome. <laughs> Just kidding. Drew Hall and Candace Devine, thank you for gracing our living room. Such a joy to be here with you guys. Here. Yeah, thank you Music. so much to both oh, of you. I yeah. really appreciate it. Blessing well, that. all that goodness still feels like it's here. Yeah. So well, thank you for having does. us. Yeah, yeah. So what are you guys going to play next? I'll let you introduce it. All right. This is a song that we wrote together a couple months back called You Got Me. Uh, it's been one I've very much enjoyed playing and... Uh, I never do this, for... but it's tough. Just have that in mind when you're listening. It's a tough song. <laughs> I never apologize for a song ahead of time, but I will today just because it's tough. Okay.
gives us chaos and crazy it doesn't make sense open your arms and you hold me i'm home again because you
help from Billy the Cat. Bill was singing Hi, Bill along. The cat. You were singing with me, bud. Yeah. Huh? He was really into that. <laughs> he really he was. was. Looking right at me. He, he was. was, like, he, was. <laughs> he was. I was into it. I knew he was vibing. That was cool. So do we even have to say anything about what just happened? What a treat and a total blast to have those two powerhouses under our roof, filling our space with sonic inspiration, joyful swearing, creative solutions, and so much heart we can barely contain it. If you enjoyed it half as much as we did, or half as much as our cat Bill did, that's still a megaton of enjoyment. Big thanks to all of our fellow music fans who submitted questions for this podcast episode. It was so much fun to kind of have you along for the ride and help structure this uh, this episode. We really appreciate that. Keep those questions and suggestions coming. Interaction with you, our audience, means a lot to us. And whether you are a new or returning listener, if you know somebody else who would enjoy conversations like this with fascinating, passionate people about things that matter, like relationships, creativity, and community, consider sharing a link to this podcast with them. If you pick the right person and it's a good match, think how uh, think how many relationship points you might earn. So just a reminder to watch the Raven Productions concerts every Friday evening. If you tune in a little before six, you get to hear Candace sing the songs that her guest makers sing. And um, and just as a just as a reminder, the the guests coming up this week right are Glory and Johan and Johan from. Uh, from Don't Worry Child. From Don't Worry Child. <laughs> yep. From Sugar in the Mint. And Sugar and the Mint. They are actually writing new songs yeah. to premiere this Friday at 6 o'clock. So, so cool. Definitely be there. Don't forget that we're also offering free parent support calls for just 30 minutes. No charge. It's not a sales funnel. No judgment. If you know a parent who could use kind of a 30-minute break with some other adults from outside the family so that they can go back to engage with even more resilience than they started with, uh, have them go check out rocketfeather.com schedule. And also be sure to follow us on Instagram at rocketfeather1. You can see pictures of the podcasts. Yeah. You can see pictures of our guests. You can see occasional pictures of the garden. All the good stuff that's oh, happening. Absolutely. And join us in the Rocket Feather Community Lab on Facebook if you want to see even more kind of behind-the-scenes content, uh, helpful tips and suggestions for relationship, uh, getting through COVID, uh, connection to creativity, meet our guests, and have some fun. Please check that out at Rocket Feather Community Lab. Yeah, join us. It's a fun place. It is now safe to unstrap and leave the rocket. Until next time, this is Charles Matthews. And Kelly Robert wishing you a musical journey into new adventures. Courage. I don't know how you were inverted. No one alerted you. Baby, don't you know that I look at you all. The love that's sleeping while my guitar gently weeps. I look at you all.